0: never seen a black guy driving an open-air Jeep.
1: He's kind of a hater.
2: Testicles are almost hanging out of those shorts. That's Max Wrong.
3: What
2: it it is, Big Mama. My mama didn't read no dummy.
3: I'm a soul. Yeah, excuse my racism, but he could jump like a black guy. So a Hello and welcome. We are back. It is the Baller Lifestyle podcast from the BallerLifestyle.com. I am once again your host, Brian Beckner, for a very special episode of the program. Once in a while we like to do these, we dispense with the regular gimmick. The sports show of record, the pop culture stuff that we do, all the stuff that you're used to hearing week in and week out here on the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Once in a while, we like to give you guys something special. Uh, we like to pursue a bigger goal, and namely, in this case, an in depth discussion of the seminal 1986 comedy Soul Man. Um, and it's, it's been a long time coming, and it's, it's something we've been working on here for a while, and it just so happens that race relations are on the forefront of the political landscape right now. There are, there are people out there that are pretending to be black that are being discovered. All these sort of uh, – this confluence of events is going on right now, so it's the perfect time to discuss Soul Man, and we're going to do it with the regular cast of characters as always co-host of the program is here he's a serial author he's an orioles fan he's a guy that's drawn the ire of the hoboken homeless of course i'm talking about my dear friend ed daly ed how are you doing today sir
2: I'm pretty excited. I'm I'm pretty excited to revisit something that is astonishing.
3: Me too. It's something that, that it's shocking that it exists and it's, it's due an in-depth discussion because just the fact that it was ever made is an absolute, just mind-blowing fact of nature. Uh, Okay. Also joining us, she's the baller lifestyle pop culture correspondent. She blogs about The Bachelor. She also once submitted a spec script for the television show Entourage. As a child, she met eventual Australian Prime Minister Yahoo Sirius. Some of her friends have had sex with famous people. Of course, I'm talking about Kate McManus, a.k.a. Fancy Sauce. How you doing, Fancy?
1: (laughs) Really digging deep. On my bio there. I'm good. I'm excited too. I just I just want you to work I know this is
2: about Soul Man. Can we just briefly talk about Yahoo Serious? How did that
1: I went to the that... premiere of his movie? Was this Young Einstein? Was he, and when I was a kid, and I met him and got his autograph. Was
3: he the transportation he a, minister at the time, or was he he was actually president of the country?
2: Was um, he able to spell Yahoo Serious? Did he know that much?
1: I don't know.
3: It is I got it, my
1: picture taken with him and I think that I got it autographed. Maybe it was a Polaroid.
3: In Australia, is he does he like endorse every product? Is he He's
1: the face of everything? Yeah, he pretty is pretty much.
3: Uh, yeah, he's like the Michael Jordan. Right.
1: He's the face of tourism for sure. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: who's serious? Uh, okay. And special guest this week. You guys have heard him here before. He's a sports media stalwart. His over his Rolex overflows, much like his waistline. He's stolen scenes from LDP, Meadow Soprano, and Gina Gershon. He sold razors. He's the greatest dating show contestant of all time. Of course, I'm talking about the inimitable Jason Stewart. How you doing, Jason?
0: You know, I agree with all of that. I just don't know. Where do you, what's a Rolex reference? I know it's probably something very deep, Rola, edgy. Rolodex. Rolodex.
3: Right? Rolodex. It's oh, a, Rolodex. Yeah, it's okay, because I was
0: going to say, I don't do Rolies. No. I, 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 once, I once knew someone who has a vast supply of rollies.
3: Yeah, yes. And, and some rollies are better than other rollies, Is that correct?
0: And he would often tell you that in his safe, you have to put it on a vibrating arm or else the Rolexes go bad. Yeah,
3: well, they stop. They stop ticking. Uh, The the ticker stops ticking.
1: Is that true? Do you really claim that? Yes.
0: Things that rich men have to worry about.
3: Yes. Rich man problems. Well, Jason, thank you for joining us. And now, when you co-starred with Meta Soprano, tell me. Was there any, did any sparks fly? At the time, was she dating Turtle from Entourage? Or was she dating uh Mark, the guy that used to be the quarterback of the Jets?
0: Now, she was Jamie Lynn S- Descala when she did the movie right. with me. Oh, she so was married means, to a guy. That, that means either yeah. she wasn't First married second. or she was. I'm not sure, but it was way prior to Turtle. So, there, But I did sense some vulnerability on the yes, set. She absolutely. played Heidi Fleiss. And was a little bit of a uh, method acting, so you could tell that she probably had to sleep with most of the crew and her <laughs> cast members. But I, I, I can't say that I was able to, uh, to get inside that. Unfortunate. Is um, she really dating the entourage guy? Oh, yeah.
3: Not, she, not anymore.
1: She's, mar- she's married to someone yeah. else. Is she? On, she's married again.
0: Yeah, yes. on the show and off, she was dating him. And
3: how, let's be honest, how is uh, she looking in real life?
0: I thought she was at, at that point. I mean, I think she was peaking. I mean, that yeah. was
2: that top, was her at her hottest,
3: top of her. But game. not
2: not clearly not the hottest actress you've worked
0: with. No, no, no,
2: right? right? No, not at all.
0: That that, that, that award that, goes to
3: sex world. pot. <laughs> no, that award goes to sex pot. Gina Gershon. Does it not?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, that that's is
3: that. that is that is a lot of woman. She's right
1: married there. to that baseball player Cutter.
3: Oh, she's Dijkstra. that's right. She's married it, to
1: Lenny Dykstra's son. Yeah.
0: Cutter, Cutter. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding?
3: Yes. No, that's that's what Dykstra. It's like three years now, who, they have a kid whom together. Whom Lenny stole the signing bonus from to invest?
0: You know what? I, I used to coach Little League with Lenny's brother Brian Dykstra, wow. and so I, I, I've coached Lenny's nephew. What a
3: what a small a world! Small world. Jason Stewart, like I said, he's got a vast he's plugged
2: in,
0: he's vast
3: plugged Rolodex. In. He knows a lot of people, and he'll tell you who. He knows. Okay, we're, we're here to discuss a film, an important film, a masterful work of what I would call cinema. Of course, I'm talking about the movie Soul Man. And just to give you a sort of thumbnail sketch, Soul Man was released in 1986. Uh, from I'll just read you from Rotten Tomatoes, the synopsis. An ambitious but spoiled, rich white kid wins a scholarship to Harvard Law School by pretending to be African American in this broadly played comedy. After his father cuts him off financially, Mark Watson wins a full tuition scholarship to Harvard by claiming to be African American on the application form. With the help of his best friend Gordon, Mark acquires some bronzing pills, a new hairdo, and a lowered voice. Disguised as a black student, Mark thinks that he's going to breeze through the program. The reality of being a minority at a mostly white institution quickly catches up to him. However, when he encounters some tacit racism and falls for Sarah Walker, Ray Don Chong. Looking good, girl. Yeah. A fellow student whose affection makes him feel guilty about his ruse. Um, this, Like I said, this movie came out in 1986. Some of the notables involved, of course, C. Thomas Howell, it starred C. Thomas Howell. Um, Ray Don Chong was involved, a a big 80s name there. Um, Also, James Earl Jones, as if he wasn't in everything. And, And some other people that we will get to that you, that if you saw it, you would most certainly recognize as they went on to, I wouldn't say bigger. Things because I mean once once you do Soul Man right. I don't it's think the pinnacle I don't think there's a lot after that so I I since, say since
0: we're on the topic Brian okay. can I kind of can I kind of be the C Thomas Howell guy right here and take make, take thirty seconds to kind of summarize where C Thomas Howell was in his acting career let's do let's I do mean, that because
3: he 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 was a big deal
0: goddamn pony boy yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, well that's a, I was gonna get there so he goes from this real small part on E T where he plays a buddy on a bike maybe he had a couple words and then he did Outsiders, where he played Ponyboy Curtis, one of my favorite boy, one of my favorite movies of all time. He had great a brother movie. named Soda, even yeah. says so on his birth certificate. Right, um, <laughs> a great, great movie. He went on to do Red Dawn, another classic, classic. movie. If yep. you are a child of the '80s, you watch that 90 times on, on video cassette. And then, but this came before Side Out, which great I think movie. was his most memorable movie. and that Side Out did for uh, beach volleyball. What over-the-top did for arm wrestling, it took it from a fringe sport that very few people paid attention to and that it remained a fringe sport that few people paid attention to.
3: Agreed. Absolutely. Continue. Co-starring that one dude from 30-something with the marvelous flowing mullet.
2: I I would say that you could could certify based on Jason's uh, recap of his career. He was white hot right here,
3: white he, hot. He really was. He was at, it was 1986. C. Thomas Howell was an in-demand actor he was, for sure. He,
2: he, he, he was famous, and nobody was even questioning why he was named C. Thomas. No,
3: absolutely not. Great I still point. want to
1: know what the C stands for. He, he, it's
2: like, it's like it's a normal name. It's like Chris or right. Charles. Like, it's not a weird name. It's just a regular yeah, C. Yeah, he,
3: he abbreviated his first name. But he, the point is, is that when he read the script for Soul Man and accepted the job to star in a movie where he is in blackface for 98% of the movie, mm-hmm. he presumably had other scripts sent to him by his agent, <laughs> probably for movies that you know and have heard about. But He no. said
1: that the script was hilarious and really well-written and he couldn't turn it down.
3: It's-
2: well, I, do, should I... Spoil something I read off of IMDb that there was somebody else who was casting the lead but had to drop out.
3: I saw this. Go ahead.
2: The actor's name, or the, the movie that the guy got caught in was Howard the Duck. It That's went right. a little over schedule. <laughs> and the actor who had to drop out, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins was shooting no Howard, Howard the Lelouch. Duck. Nuke Lelouch could have been. Uh, Mark Watson, I
3: believe, um, I believe Howard the Duck. That was a George Lucas movie, was it not?
2: That was a huge flop. They, like one ball. of the big all-time flops.
3: Well, it had a, it had a big like, and not animatronic, but it was a duck that looked like um, one of the the like Mickey Mouse that walks around Disneyland. Yes, yeah. it was. It was less believable than see Thomas Howell as a black man.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, okay, let's get into it. The movie opens where it's. Mark, what's his name? Mark Watson. Mark Watson wakes up in bed. This is where we first meet Mark Watson and something I noticed in this scene is that the 80s movie trope of having your stereo be your alarm clock is the first thing we know. His stereo wakes him up. Ferris Bueller had the same setup. And I just wonder, did anyone ever know anyone that actually had their stereo as an alarm clock? I feel like that technology didn't exist. It never existed, and yet it's in every 80s movie, including Soul Man.
2: Yeah, everybody had a shitty clock radio. Of course. One of those crummy things that never tuned in correctly. But one other thing is the set dresser Went wild in this initial scene to like establish who who this was. There were a lot of tube socks. Yes. lot it was a very like random. Bedroom. Random random wine glasses everywhere. Right. I mean, how does how does that happen? Did you like, guys you're notice in the bedroom and there's like four wine glasses spilled.
1: Also on the windowsill, there is like six different bottles of beer.
3: Right. He's uh, a partier. They're letting I'm us like all the
2: different right, kinds. I'm looking at it right now. Eight. I eight. 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 <laughs> eight. Actually,
3: eight. <laughs> <laughs> good correction um yes we also see and what else do we see he's got a broad in bed with the, with him doesn't he we need to know they want us to know right away that mark watson is a partier and a coxman because he's in bed with a hot blonde
1: but after he does the deed apparently he puts his tidy whities- Back That's on. right. That's right. That's She's right. Super sexy. Yes. Still, I'm about
2: to pass out, but I have. Who to does that?
1: Still
3: in his undies, and then and then he's joined in the bedroom his buddy, played by Ari Gross. And if you don't know Ari Gross, just think of like every buddy from every '80s movie at all, because it's always the same or a similar guy. He's what, what's his character's fast name? Fast talking,
2: fast talking,
1: Donald, Gordon, right? The Donald. Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. He's yeah. like the poor man's. Judd Nelson. Yeah. And yeah. let's
2: not forget his alarm, his alarm stereo was set to noon. So, you know, That's right. this guy hits it hard.
1: He hits it he, he also has He
3: also has a stash of tennis balls next to the bed in a basket <laughs> to throw at the alarm to turn it off. Uh, but his, the buddy comes into the room and he, first of all, much like everyone in the 80s, these guys are supposed to be college seniors. But for some reason, his, the buddy, Gordon, is like 43 years old. That, that goes <laughs> unexplained.
2: And his buddy's a bad dude, who barges into a room like that
3: right he 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 barges into where some coitus could have been happening at that moment, and but to so they's kind of a hater. they can both at the same time, which is a pretty gay move. they're both at the <laughs> you know, same they, like, time going to open their letters to see if they got into Harvard law School. Correct, guys? Yeah. And I, I feel
0: like I feel like that actor was either cast or turned down for the American Perfect Strangers. Is it the same guy, or is it just that everybody looked like that guy in no. the
3: eighties? He he, also, uh, Mar-
2: he had the Mark Lynn Baker haircut.
3: So they open they open the letters together, and it turns out miraculously they have both been accepted to Harvard Law School. And, Shocker! Harvard Law School. Yeah. yeah! yeah! Right. Any, anyone have anything Incredible. to add from the first scene of the movie?
2: Well, yeah. There, there's there's something there's something disturbing about. Not only does he barge into his room, but he straddles him.
3: He, yeah, that's right. He gets on bed. top of him in so bed.
2: It's it's a real douche chill moment.
0: Now, wasn't there a car, either a car that pulled up yes. at that apartment or a car that pulled away from that apartment that? The license plate read
2: UCLADE. UCLADE.
3: Yeah. Yeah. UCLADE.
2: Yeah, I,
0: I think that's
3: that at, that's at the next scene where they where they go they to, go the, to party. the party. Up yeah. Yeah. But one party. one thing. So the movie opens basically like in a very eighties comedy fashion. Like it could be like a raunchy sort of vacation bachelor party. <laughs> buddy, like buddy things movie. aren't going wrong, and, and they they close with actually a strong joke. Where it's a they, pretty
1: funny line. they
3: uh Gordon is like, Hey, all right, we both got into Harvard and they do like some gay like celebration together. Yeah, it was very off-putting. Yeah. But then then Gordon, Gordon
1: says, I think an introduction's in order. Yeah, he
3: turns to, to, to his sleigh and he's like, Hey, don't you think an introduction's in order? To which Mark turns to the girl and says, who he's obviously slept with the night before, and turns to her and says, Hi, I'm Mark. Very good joke, I thought. Yeah. Uh, okay. The next scene is the party scene. Like these guys, they're going to UCLA. They're getting ready to leave to go to Harvard. They like to do it big. And there's a very 80s party. Like Jason said, somebody pulls up in a UCLA license plate car. It's a, I, th- I think the guy's Australian. They're, um, they're. Seth. Yeah, their buddy Seth is Seth there. with that
1: sick wig. He's
3: a bit of an, an eccentric. He's getting a PhD. Wearing,
1: Everyone yeah, has frosted wearing, tips wearing, at that party.
2: He's wearing two different ch- uh, colored Chuck Taylors. He's got like the David Lee Roth look, the Australian dude.
3: And they they set up the story that he is working on a tanning product in for his PhD, and some you know he looks like a surfer bro, kind of a burnout. They're smoking weed. The movie still has great potential at this point. Also, who do we see at this point? Julia Louis Dreyfus shows up.
1: With Brad, because there's always a Brad in an '80s movie. Brad's
3: a very '80s name. Uh, (laughs) Julie Louis Dreyfus, not not quite. She didn't reach her peak till much, much later. No,
2: but what's remarkable is how similar she looks.
1: I was gonna nearly, say the same nearly thing. Nearly
2: 30 years ago. I mean she, she looks
1: is exactly fantastic. the same yeah. as she did as in yeah. Seinfeld. She's
3: she's in her fifties now. She's she great. looks great. She looks fantastic. Any guy I mean, you, would bang her.
0: You kinda I guess you have to blame the writers or the directing or whatever in this, but she is instantly hateable. And I mm. don't know if it was because well, she's a great not, actress. But literally from the get go, from the first words, you just can't stand her. So yeah. I get if that was the the effect and they yeah. did a pretty good job.
3: She's great. Right, so they're setting the scene. And a little foreshadowing, we know Seth lets us know he's working on a tanning product. We don't know where this is going at this point. It's it's a pretty standard 80s movie, and then we get to the big... Oh,
2: we all, we also know that the tan dude wears a flower in his hair. Just, that's right. Just because. That's right.
3: He's a burnout. Totally normal. And, and yes. we
2: find out that Brad... Did not get
0: into Harvard. He got into BU. So from the get go, some envy
2: is is uh, you know yep, some foreshadowing right. is instilled. Great right away. point. And, and Mark is a real prick to the guy about getting into BU. Real
3: douche. Yeah, we're we're establishing that Mark is a douche, right?
2: Yes. Yes.
3: Um, yeah. So also, a, sort of a, an interesting thing. Like, there's apparently only two law schools in the 1980s. You mm-hmm. either go to Harvard or BU. <laughs> right. Yeah. You. <laughs>
2: Like is you, that a second only, you choice? You only have one one city to go to. Right, you could
3: ol- you can only go to Boston well, you, and You si- want to be close
1: to Harvard since, Law. Yeah, since when
3: <laughs> is since when is BU the second best law school to, to Harvard? Pro- I, I feel like there's 200 law schools in between those two <laughs> that, without having done research. Uh, okay, a- anything to add on the party scene guys?
2: Not on the party scene.
3: It's okay. a lot of
1: frosted We tips. move.
3: We move. Absolutely, it's a very '80s scene. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, we move from the party scene to the first big hurdle, a real turning point in the movie. We got. We we're at Mark's parents' house, where his dad is on one of those anti gravity machines that, like, you put your feet in and you hang upside down, and it stretches out your back. I feel like. Every single home came with one of those in the 1980s.
2: Yeah, the 80s were very heavy on upside-down shit. Those boots that you hooked onto a pole. That's right. There was a lot of upside-down. Like, I think there was some sort of vampire envy in the 80s. That's right. Everyone was fucking with gravity. They must doing? have found. They
0: must have found out. There must have been a doctor's study at some point in '89 as we got out of the '80s that said if you hang upside down for too long, your your intestines are going to reverse and you'll die <laughs> because those products just went away overnight.
3: It's true. It's true. They it were was everywhere. A weird, weird fad. It was every. People were hanging from doorways. Yeah. Everybody was a lot upside of down. Going and, on. and then they weren't. It was very. And odd.
2: Also, there's a there's a a great deal of exercise gear in this movie. From the company Fila.
3: That is absolutely true. Did I Fila feel
1: sponsor like, this movie?
2: Like, I feel like maybe the Surgeon General also said Fila would be bad for your intestines because <laughs> after 19, after 1989, I don't think I've seen Fila.
3: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, the dad's got a Fila sweatsuit on. He's wearing a sweat band for some it's reason. He's a matching
1: Fila, s- Fila yeah. sweat headband. He's basically
3: dressed exactly like LL Cool J would be if he were in the movie, but instead he's. A, and mis- the
1: dad is the dad from Alf.
3: No, not, not no, that's the Doogie therapist. Yeah, the dad is the dad from Alf. I also believe the dad was on L.A. Law. I could be wrong.
2: Doogie Hauser.
3: Yeah,
1: Do- uh, Do- Doogie. Uh, Doogie Howser's
3: yeah. dad. Although Alf's Alf's dad does show up later, so don't,
2: don't worry, he'll be
3: there. We'll talk about that. Um, and so we, at this point, we learn that that. Just his dad is super cashed up. He's got a fucking Tudor house in Beverly Hills. He's, he's hanging upside down at the pool. He goes, you know and what? i My mom's just-
2: got an exercise bike right next to the edge of the pool yeah. too.
3: That's <laughs> yes, not safe. Not, safe, <laughs> not by safe by any means.
2: A lot, a lot of downside. Uh,
3: they're, they're working out. They're getting fit and he wants to have a talk with his son. He, he tells him, hey, Mark, you know what I'm going to give you? And Mark, what does Mark say?
2: What does he say? A Ferrari. Uh, a, fer- a Ferrari, yeah, uh, Also... really
3: douchey. The 80s, like, that was the Ferrari most the you 80s. could aspire to in the 80s. It's is the most baller thing. Having a fucking Ferrari. There was mm-hmm. apparently no other sports car made, because in the 1980s, it was a Ferrari or... GTFO, but of course his dad does not want to give him a Ferrari. He he le- wants to give
1: him his man. He lets
3: him know that to, to teach made him
1: me very uncomfortable. To teach
3: him how to be a man, he's decided I am not going to give you anything. Yeah, you got into Harvard, but you're going to pay for it yourself. Harvard Law School.
1: This is a big
0: day for all of us. That's why I've decided to let you pay your own way.
3: Guys, anything to add?
1: Just yeah, that when I mean, he said, I want to give you your manhood, that right. made me very you th- uncomfortable. You thought he was talking about his cock. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about, right. but it made me very uncomfortable. It was a little
3: weird. And let's talk because about this. Because when they
1: cut back to Mark, he had crossed his legs.
3: Right. They. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was talking about his dog. I don't think um, so, but. The, it, it, is, it does strike me as kind of weird that the guys floated him this entire time at UCLA. Right. He's letting him party. He's He's obviously done well because he's gotten into harvard and then all of a sudden the dad's like yeah i paid for four years at ucla and now that you've achieved the greatest thing you could achieve by getting into harvard law school hey fuck off i'm gonna teach you a lesson did, did that strike you guys as odd
2: yeah a bit. It, yeah, yeah you would Very. think that he's he's been he's done what was asked of him exactly to, to, to get into the school so he, he can't be that bad of a kid it's, it's like the- yeah, it's, It's the one way
0: the writer thought, how are we actually going to create this juxtaposition of a rich, snooty white guy needing to be black? And that's the only reason, the only way they can come up with this farce of a movie plot and have the the dad bail on his his payment. Right, because they had
3: to make Mark a douche so he could redeem himself in the end. And the way to make him a douche was to make him a rich kid whose dad cuts him off. Um, so so Mark is very affected by that. He w- the next scene, poignant movie moment in the movie, it's just a, a close-up shot of Mark's face in front of a noose. <laughs> he... He, right. he, he looks like he's going to kill himself and he's he discusses his, just like everyone that's at their wits end, that they don't know what they're going to do. He lays out for us what his problems were and it's the cost of Harvard tuition, which in 1986 was apparently <laughs> very affordable. Tuition and fees, 10000 four hundred and ninety three dollars estimated annual living expenses you ever applied for a loan before seven thousand five hundred dollars total for three years of law school fifty three thousand nine hundred and seventy nine dollars don't you think you're
0: overreacting
3: no well jason stewart what crunch the numbers for us
0: it was basically what you're paying to go to Cal State Fullerton now. That's exactly it's like, right. It's uh, what he read off. What about uh, ten thousand five hundred tuition plus seventy five hundred living expenses, and somehow that came out to three years at fifty. What was it Kate 53,
3: 53, nine, nine seven
1: eight. nine. Yeah, f- yeah. he,
3: he,
1: he did, three years He total. determined Let's... that it
3: was going to be fifty four grand to get a fucking Harvard law okay. school degree. <laughs> he would be able to pay that back in his first year okay. as or as men's... a clerk. We're yeah. missing the
2: most important part of that scene, though. Go on. For some reason, a 22-year-old college senior that's right. had access to his own Cabbage Patch doll.
3: That's exactly in which right.
2: That's what he places in the noose. Yeah, he so wasn't going to hang finances.
3: himself.
1: Yeah, and it's like pulled- the nerdy Cabbage Patch with the glasses on. That's exactly and right. And a diaper.
2: Uh, taking a boy Cabbage Patch doll and then putting that in the noose. and. Like everybody's cool with his his buddies there with him, handing him the Cabbage Patch Dolls. So, like, I want to
0: say, I want little... to say, in in 1986, Cabbage Patch Dolls had ran their course, and that was some mid 80s joke. Like this is ironic that he has one, and when he kills it, there was like there was uh, an audience in the 80s that thought that that was funny, and okay. we just looked right past it.
3: Yeah, it was it was a weird moment. He hung his Cabbage Patch kid. There was really not that was any reason like his for. Yeah. I, oh, oh, maybe that was it. Well, oh, that's,
2: that's clearly what he was doing. I didn't oh, get that. I didn't. God. I didn't take that away yeah, from it. I, I think the Cabbage Patch doll might have been wearing a little fila sweatsuit. But wow. I the, right, infor- two, the important thing is he had access to a Cabbage Patch. Yeah. Why doll, did like like he have two, one? Two college senior guys should not have a Cabbage Patch
1: doll.
3: That's that's <laughs> absolutely that's a that's a great takeaway from that. Two
1: great comedy tropes in that scene. Yes. Suicide. Yes. Always hilarious. Always funny. And cabbage Patch kids.
3: Yep. Yeah. Both. Very, very funny. It's, it's shocking that the Cabbage Patch Kid still resonates today. Like, how did they even know that at that point?
0: And I think uh, that they, the, ruse, the ruse of the noose was, I guess they were supposed to uh, think that we thought he was actually suicidal because he would have to go into society with a whole lot of family money and grades good enough to get into Harvard Law. We, yeah. we were supposed to feel sorry for him that he was on the brink of suicide.
3: Yeah, he's he's just gotten a degree from UCLA and his life is over because his dad won't pop the 55 grand. Also, $7500 living expenses per year. I feel like in fi- Boston was cheap as
1: fuck in the 80s. I feel like 53 grand is like your average, you know, person's and credit card debt yes, right
2: now. Let's let's not let's not forget though. If you graduate Harvard Law, you just pick and choose how quickly you get that money back.
1: That's like, exactly right.
2: That he, is that is you just print money once you get accepted. Also, to I feel
1: like there's other ways he could have got the money.
3: Of course he could have hooked.
1: Well, he could have forged he, his dad's signature to co-sign yeah. he, on a loan. Well,
3: okay, let, let's get to that. That would have been easier. Because I think at this point we get to our first montage of the movie set <laughs> shockingly to the song Soul Man by Sam and Dave. <laughs> um and he starts researching scholarships and at one, one point he goes to the bank to get a loan. This movie um omits the fact that pretty much Anyone can get a loan to college. They're begging you to take them because they want you to owe them the interest. It's very, very easy to get a loan to college. anyone can get
1: financial aid. But he
3: goes to one bank and gets turned down because (laughs) at some point he didn't pay his his phone bill. And
1: he bounced a couple of checks. And I love the bank um, manager has like an old Texas Instruments printer.
3: Yeah, yeah, a dot matrix. (laughs) Yeah, it's printing away. Um, Anything to add from the montage, guys?
2: And don't they also go through the the potential scholarship book
3: right they're they're reading all the scholarship oh that th- yeah, that's right at this point they foreshadow the the scholarship, and I think it says like for the best student from l a um you get the Horace g. grant mm-hmm. that that's actually a basketball <laughs> player. <laughs> <laughs> it's a God horse. God somebody, God. right? But what's the scholarship? And then, and then they see the caveat. Oh, he's got to be black, right? Wait a second, look at this: full tuition, the most qualified applicant, most qualified black applicant, uh, which he is not. And
0: somehow, and somehow, in small writing where he didn't read, is a massive part of the plot that they just kind of break on you late in the movie and this and the little writing that says and if there are no black candidates in Los Angeles we go to San Diego for candidates
1: <laughs> that's right. right that's right we
3: we we open it to all <laughs> of California but that, that doesn't that doesn't show up till later
1: I think in this month, we start just Gordon who's always got his sunglasses on like an FBI agent
3: yeah, absolutely. Throughout yeah. the movie, he, he's he's a good sidekick. A
1: lot of indoor sunglasses. Well, wearing. he's got he's got a, which is a very 80s. He's thing got too.
3: a very I- prominent Roman nose. <laughs> I think he's trying to downplay that with the sunglasses and the SFL. I want to go on
2: record. I am very pro Gordon as the sidekick. <laughs> you like him because if you think about the amount of sidekicks we've we've had to deal with over the years, they've become increasingly dull to the point where you're dealing with. Joey from Friends and uh the the brother in Entourage, Matt Dillon's brother. Like these guys are are like slow adults. And like this guy was like a fast talking, funny guy. Like I feel like most most sidekicks are terrible. Like this guy was was funny. He was he was smarmy, he was charming, but like most sidekicks are terrible these days. He wasn't if bad. I'm, yeah. If I could add a side note, by now I've noticed that every scene
0: both of these actors have an unusual amount of red lipstick on. And I don't know if that was a uh, a cultural mid-80s kind of rich Beverly Hills thing, red lipstick, where all rich guys wore it. Or if it was just poor, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it in the business, Kate, where you, you have makeup on typically, but mm-hmm. it's not so noticeable yeah. on camera. More like
1: a it's natural a
0: look. Yeah, it was just strange to me.
3: Uh yeah it it definitely we, was strange especially when, when after uh, Mark takes the tanning pills uh his lips get very wait, red wait, after that. Yes.
2: Wait, before you get to the tanning pills, what about what, wasn't there a little therapist visit? Uh, absolutely.
3: That's the next oh, scene yeah, of the uh, movie. Let's get to that. Uh Mark goes and visits his shrink to talk about what to do and it turns out that his shrink is also his dad's shrink. I feel like that is very unethical. Now it's a definite
1: conflict of
2: Even if there was that same conflict, it shouldn't come up in
3: a therapy session. That's exactly right. And
1: do you think that the dad dresses in head-to-toe Fila because his therapist does? That's right.
3: Yes. An an, an important point to make here is, yes, the therapist also is in a full Adidas tracksuit. And the even bigger point is that the therapist is played by the dad from ALF, Max Wright.
2: (laughs) And – and I guess this would be the point where I could say fun fact. The actor Max Wright was once once caught in a crack house blowing homeless dudes for crack. <laughs> That's really? right.
3: That's exactly <laughs> yeah. true. And I'll I'll read from Dude. I'll read from the Inquirer. Alf
0: That's Max wrong. <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> yeah. one, good one.
3: Alf star caught in crack house. Um yeah, he was he was And
2: there are there That's are so pictures. I mean, I I wouldn't trust uh, just any old uh, National Enquirer headline, but there are pictures of him like hooking up with homeless dudes. Yeah,
3: there's pictures of him making out with homeless guys, lighting a crack pipe, doing like doing everything you think that somebody that would have gay sex with men and smoke crack would do. He's doing it. Um, and there's a quote from the story: Max had unprotected sex with me and the homeless guys. He did say, se- and he did drugs <laughs> with me. And the homeless men, so uh, uh, hopefully things have, have gotten better. I mean, I, I don't know if the movie sent him to that point, but the dad from Al— It couldn't
2: have gotten worse. It couldn't have gotten worse. Things
3: really went downhill for him and pretty much everyone involved with the, the uh, 1986 movie Soul Man. Uh, okay, so yeah, he meets the shrink, and the, and the shrink basically says, I told him— to cut you off, right, because my son is a piece of shit. He made me buy him a dirt bike, and I, I hate my kid. And he, like most uh, mental health professionals that I've ever come he's in contact insane. with, he's a little off. It looks like he might have had some, been smoking some <laughs> well, crack. Well, he has in an
1: aquarium there. in his office. As well. <laughs> yes, that
2: is is the decoration style <laughs> in his office is very odd. It, some Af- African statues, his aquarium. So much. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, lot, lot, of lot
3: of lot of aquariums in the 1980s. I feel like there's there's a lot of homeless fish at this point. There's a lot of like aquariums like on the side of people's houses and in landfills. Oh, that
1: makes me sad.
3: Because in because in the 1980s you couldn't walk into a house and not this see This is like
1: the upside down gravity machine. Right? You
3: not see an 80 gallon aquarium and now I can't remember the last time I saw an aquarium so, in someone's home. Some,
2: <laughs> somewhere there's a landfill full of Fila outfits upside down uh equipment and and uh aquariums. And a lot of
1: out of work aquarium, <laughs> aquarium keepers. That's
3: right. And cabbage patch dolls. Right. <laughs> nice. feel patch like dolls. they're
1: they're on eBay.
3: It could be. We'll have to have a look. Uh okay. So then they go – the, he meets with the shrink and then he and Gordon are like trying to figure out like what the fuck do I do? – they go to some 80s bar that looks like it's sort of out of less than zero. It looks like a place that Mark might make some money sucking dick for coke and then they run into Brad who's sort of – see, this movie lacks a bad guy. And I, they sort of set it up as Brad. They sort of set it up as the dad, the landlord. But there's not really a bad guy in this movie. I guess if there's one specific bad guy, oh, there's a bad guy. Well, sort of. Uh, it Brad is is the first bad guy we meet. He comes into the bar. He bellies up. He's re, he, for some reason he knows that Mark doesn't have the money to go to Harvard. How he would know that, I don't know, because I don't think Mark would have shared that with him. But then something odd happens, and it could be a continuity thing. It could have just been the 80s. He orders a whiskey sour, He and then the bartender brings it. He reaches between him, be, between them to take his drink, and his whiskey sour is a champagne glass with orange <laughs> juice and, like, orange rind in it. It looks to me like a mimosa or a bellini. It is definitely not a whiskey sour. He goes
1: with, He's very feminine, though. Or in well, the
3: 80s, is that what a whiskey sour looked like? Did I don't you, know. When
1: he walked away after delivering his sick burn, did you hear his, like, very, like, female cackle? Yeah. High-pitched cackle? He also
3: wears a lot of pink sweaters throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, he, that he, was he's a little 80s. off. I just well,
2: wanted to say, before they get to the bar... When he leaves the therapist's office and and uh, goes out into the waiting room, there are seven guys all wearing wearing Fila sweatsuits. That's right. That's,
3: that's right. right. That's right.
2: So They're all good. and it's all Fila,
3: all of them.
1: <laughs> They're all clones of the therapist. Yeah that, yeah,
3: that 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 is a good that is an important point uh, that we should neglected funny. to mention. Yeah, that would there are some funny mm-hmm. Here's the thing like this movie
1: has some jokes.
3: If they had played could, it could as a worked. farce, as a satire, it could have been really funny, but they played it straight, which did not work.
2: Uh, on, on, I remember on the IMDb like fun facts part, it showed a clip of uh, Roger Ebert's review, and he said, This movie could have been good, but like it just didn't, it just didn't. Right. Work.
3: Yeah, they didn't. They they sort of pussyfooted it. They didn't really go for it, and and because of that, it just plays very very weird. Uh, Okay, so he he's trying to come up with a plan, and he's he's um, he's not sure how he's going to get the fifty three thousand dollars over three years, which I feel like he could just get a credit card and do. But we we we, we've established that, Um, and then cut to the meeting. There's some stuffy white guys in blazers, and suddenly we get our first look at Mark in blackface accepting his award, his scholarship. I would would say jarring, to say the least. I, I knew it was coming, and I just was not ready for it.
0: Congratulations, Mr. Watson. Thank you, sir.
3: I'll do my best. Guys, your thoughts.
0: I don't get it. I mean, okay, I, this is kind of where I, I have a problem with the plot, and I hate to, uh, to analyze a plot that's so riddled with errors to begin with. But what, So he's already been accepted to Harvard as Mark Watson, the white guy. Right. It, this being black thing, wouldn't that have come up in the process already? How right. did he get the scholarship all of a sudden?
1: That's what I wanted to know. Like t- well, how do you hang change?
3: On. Well, well,
2: hang on. Well, 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 what's, so what's happening in the news right now? So there what is. you
1: what you do is you you call Harvard and say, "Hey, thanks for the One, acceptance. No, no, no. I'm actually black." No, no, and then he, they give no, you the scholarship. No, when he
3: showed up to 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 enroll, he goes there to enroll, and he and the clerk's like, "Hey, you're black, but it says right here white." And this but is wouldn't ser- they have already is,
1: given the scholarship? Yeah. Yes, they
0: had already given him that by then.
3: Oh, okay,
2: that's, that was confusing.
0: Me too. You guys
3: are you guys are that's, picking nits here. Uh, Yeah,
2: this is the this. They didn't have the same computer resources. This could have been just.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He
1: didn't get get the scholarship until he showed up at admissions that day. No, he got
3: the scholarship from the stuffy white guys. Then we get the montage of him, apparently, driving his Jeep CJ seven with no doors, and no windows, from fucking California to Boston.
0: Well, first of all, yeah, what's
3: that? (laughs) The The jogging on the beach. Oh, right, yeah. Prior to that... If
0: if, if this guy really... Let's take those two last points you just made, uh, Ed. If this guy really wanted to do the ruse, I'm black, he probably could have done something called... I don't know, observing life. I've never I've never seen a black guy running on the beach and I've never seen a black guy driving an open
2: air jeep. I mean, I mean th- these are some could gross he generalizations. Cadillac yeah. I've it <laughs> across the country. I think Nino Brown drove a, a jeep in uh, New Jack City. So well, I'm I'm going to have to I'm going to have to well, dispute ouch. that.
3: I personally don't think that any racial there's any racial correlation between vehicle driving <laughs> <I> mean, and <laughs>
1: I, running, I don't know. On I the don't
3: know. I feel like plenty of black guys run on the beach. I'm not Hang sure.
2: The, another fun fact about this this jogging scene. So this is this is one of the fun well, facts. Well, hold on.
3: Let me let me set okay. it up. So so the next scene, he accepts a scholarship, and the next we see Gordo is like pro- trying to run off last night's cocaine bender on Hermosa Beach or something. And a lot. I mean, he's got
1: the nose in for
3: the it. 80s. Everybody really, really wore. Short, short. Everybody really wore, like, heavy sweatshirts to go jogging. I don't know. Yeah. Like, even if it's cold, when you go out and jog for 30 seconds kid. with something warm on, you're fucking overheating. I don't understand why everyone's running with he heavy fleece on, in, especially in California.
2: Excessive clothing on the upper half of his body right. and next to nothing. Like yes. His testicles are almost yes. hanging out of it. <laughs>
3: he's got short shorts. And as he's, as he's running, he decides to run onto a pier— Right. where he where he's confronted by an odd-looking, almost Indian-looking black guy <laughs> who just starts running next to him, and he's clearly scared, is he not?
2: Yeah, he certainly is, but this is the fun fact. Um, in the scene, this is, this is from IMDb, in the scene where Mark first approaches Gordon as a black man, Gordon was originally supposed to believe Mark was going to mug him. Yes. An entire scene was filmed <laughs> in which Mark played along yes. with it and made Gordon sing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. It was taken out because it was thought, although it was funny when filmed, it was inappropriate and racist. Wow. Oh, wow. they drew that's, the line there. That, that's that's where they drew the line. Wow. Yeah, they drew the line there. Interesting. Which okay, is... so
0: as we go through this movie, we'll, we'll pick out the even more inappropriate uh, parts and, and wonder why that scene didn't make well, the movie. Yeah,
3: it's, it's odd that that scene didn't make the movie <laughs> when the tagline from the poster is, Soul Man, he didn't give up. He got down from the producer of risky business soul man He didn't give up He got down right on. Oh, <laughs> no.
1: What's the first thing he says like the first kind of like quote unquote black thing he says is it right on in
3: Yeah the classroom <laughs> yes. in the classroom yes. right yes. on also, man.
1: Do you think Gordon did his own stunt when he ran backwards off the pier? Yes,
3: he, yeah, he, he,
1: was that him, Ari?
2: He, Classic uh, comedy. Yeah,
1: Classic it, comedy. yeah. There
2: were there were a lot of inadvertent plunges into water in the '80s. Too. There, 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 well,
1: there were. Could you? Uh, never could you happened pick in it up? real
3: life.
0: Could you pick it up where you, you had left off, Brian? Like, uh, they, they arrive in town. Supposedly, they had just <laughs> driven the 3,000 miles in an okay. open. Okay, oh, yeah. so, so, they go to so rent he the apartment.
3: explains during his run, like, hey, dude, I figured it out. I got the scholarship. Look, Seth gave me those tanning pills. The, the hair never gets explained. Is there, yeah. did, did I miss that yeah.
1: part? No, they never explained that he went and got a perm and dyed his hair black, Yeah, too. And his right. hair, his curl hair
3: does not look black at all. It just looks it clownish. Looks- I, it
2: looks like it looks like he took one of those manchichi dolls. And that's said, exactly like, right. Give me that. Like it's not a it's not a real haircut. It's not it's a, it's a proper
3: a black man's haircut. Also, like who did the like did the producers come together and with the makeup artist and they tried some different looks and the makeup artist is like, "What do you think? We're going to go with this." And all the producers got together and were like, "Oh yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, he looks great." Yeah. He looks he Good looks job, guys. he looks black. You guys you guys have pulled it off. This yeah. is amazing. Like, I feel like the technology was good enough back then. Like, you didn't have to CGI him, which didn't exist, but you could have, with makeup, made him look a little more authentic, no? Yeah.
2: I think this movie and the plot of Muppets Take Manhattan just shows you how much cocaine was being consumed in the 80s <laughs> by Hollywood <laughs> studios. Well, I, I always... So a lot of crazy shit happened.
3: I always cite this, that that you know Hollywood studio executives were doing a lot of cocaine in the 1980s because... <laughs> A, they greenlit Soul Man, and two, they expected us to buy Glenn Close as a sex symbol. <laughs> lot of cocaine back then.
2: Yeah, lots.
3: You had to of lots. be hot. So, it, does, yeah.
1: it does go to show After, how a good tan can really make your- teeth pop that's true his
3: teeth are very white all of a sudden and like jason said his lips are very red he looks odd i think he has colored contacts in the whole thing is weird and and gordon goes right along with it after falling off the end of a pier also where was he running to like why would you just run down the end of a pier it's was, like, there's a fucking dead end at the end
1: i think he was trying to get away from the weird brown person the, that was yeah and
2: and when they're, on when they're driving table. driving into town with the jeep Why do they have an oversized dog statue with them?
3: Very, very important. He shows up. The the next montage, he's driven into Boston from L.A. That's like a 3,500-mile drive.
0: And they look like they just uh, took the 20-minute drive from Foxborough. You'd think in an open-air Jeep, you'd have, like, bugs in your hair. The car would be really dirty. No, they look great. Yeah, they they looked like the 100 bucks, just Waltzing into town. It didn't
3: look like they'd been on the road for the <laughs> seven or eight days that it would take to make that drive. Also, you're driving across the country. All you have is your Jeep and a tiny trailer. You bring the essentials. And like Ed said, one of the essentials <laughs> in the back. And they of bring the,
2: like five things to college with them. Yes. Five. And
3: one of them is a giant stuffed dog statue. Yeah, it,
2: looks, it looks like that uh, old RCA dog. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So bizarre. Like, it's very odd.
3: Uh, very odd, Jason. You had you had something to add on the. No, on that the was G it. I,
2: I was
0: I, I was struck by the fact that they didn't even try to fake it with any kind of ruffled hair or anything. They just showed up pristine,ly clean after a, an open air, you know, three thousand mile trip. I thought that was funny.
3: Yeah. Also, like what. Did like, Boston's a commuter city. Or, you know, it's a it's a public transit place. Like, did he even need his Jeep? Parking is extremely expensive. That would have certainly added to his $7,500 yearly nut. But then
1: how <laughs> else would he have gotten that giant dog there? Exactly,
3: yes. Yeah, uh, the right. only reason he needed to drive was to bring dog his dog, apparently. Fit on the tea.
2: That dog doesn't yeah. fit on the T. That dog doesn't fit on the T. They need they need <laughs> it in the Jeep.
3: That's exactly right. Okay, so he dri- he drove from L.A., and they have their first. He has his first experience. He's apparently been black for a couple days, and he's driven to Boston. And they they meet the the super or and the he landlord gets
1: discriminated against. And
3: hey. right, right away, we and the,
1: he, he always has a a stogie. In what his mouth. he's yes.
3: got a stogie. And but Ed, what is he wearing?
2: A Celtic Yeah, <laughs> That's right, and, he, and this cut. is
1: where the movie
2: finally takes a realistic turn. <laughs> That's exactly right. Brian. Because,
1: it, well, explain that to me. Because what does that means He's,
3: he's he, his he his a- landlord is named Roy McGrady. He's <laughs> right. he's a Bostonian and a Celtics Irish
2: from Boston Celtics. So it's and like racist. all the stereotypes and,
3: he's, and racist. Yeah, he's a blatant racist. That's weird that then, this movie has stereotypes. And then, in
2: and then right after the uh, the uh, la- the super, here comes the heavy.
3: That's exactly right. Yeah. So Roy Roy says to first Roy says to um, to Gordon, hey, you didn't tell me your roommate was a black Negro.
1: <laughs> yeah, that may be a problem
3: here. Yeah, your roommate was a uh, black, black Negro. A black Negro, <laughs> which actually played kind of funny because. Gordon's like, you're kidding me. I, I need to have a talk with him. I didn't realize. You're right. I don't. I didn't realize he was a black right, Negro. He right. never told me that.
1: And that's a played out joke now, but I bet back then that was pretty fresh. But
3: absolutely. Well, you, you
1: Gordon, know?
2: Gordon was solid. But yeah. He was a solid sidekick. Immediately,
3: the Roy, the landlord, heads outside to tell the building's owner who pulls up in a, in a Mercedes and who gets out of the car <laughs> but Leslie Fucking Nielsen, and
1: you immediately start laughing. How? He's
2: looking at not, 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 in a goofy fashion. No, he's the heavy. He's playing the heavy. He's, pl- he's, he's he the is, villain.
1: But he's so goofy and he funny. When is, but when you cannot,
3: I, I, you cannot look at that guy and just not want to laugh your ass off. He's just this so is, what, fucking funny. This is three years,
2: three years from Drebbin, two years. From yeah, this Drubbin? is this
3: is before he. This is obviously after Airplane, but before uh, right. the he Naked had Gun
2: comedy, but like. Naked Gun movie is where he became just goofball from A- Apple.
3: Absolutely. But, he all, but the way he plays it straight like that, the way he acts serious, it's you're just so used to laughing at that. I, I found myself cracking up as soon as I saw sure. Leslie Nielsen. Um, but also, and in the same scene, we see absolutely. the
0: very yeah. homely-looking daughter that for some reason gets the eye – of the two main characters, right? This homey looking chick, well, in the she's, passenger. Well, she's seat. got a
3: terrible, terrible perm. Her, Awful, hair yes. is she's, what she's about got those, a bit of the
2: Joni Cunningham fried
3: hair. Yes. What
1: about those sick mom jeans she's got? Yeah, she's got,
3: well, she's <laughs> at this point, she's in the car, and both, she's, <laughs> she's, and it's unclear if she's Leslie Nielsen's trophy girlfriend or his daughter. Later we found, find out it's his daughter, but at that point, it's sort of, you're sort of not sure. And they're looking Brand out the window, other- and she looks up, and she sees Mark, and she—I'll tell you what she sees. She sees some forbidden fruit.
2: She she certainly does. She sees
3: a way to get back at Dad. It wouldn't be the first time. She's thinking— <laughs> It won't
1: be the last.
3: That's right. She's thinking, I could bring home this black guy. I could taste the the, the darker fruit. That would really get my dad's attention. He hasn't been paying attention to me. Wait till he sees this. He she is smitten. And it turns out she is a young version of the woman, Malora Hardin, that ended up being the boss on the American Office.
1: What was her yeah. name on the office? Was it Laura I don't Laurie know?
3: Wasn't
0: it Anne? Was it Anne? No, I don't know who it was, but I I, Laurie? I did no. not know that until I looked on IMDb and I was shocked. I remember uh, seeing her in the office and, and finding her like a sexy milf, you know. But she, I'm like she, she, I she never aged well. You. She's a
2: nice, yeah. she's a nicer middle-aged woman. She was born in '67.
0: Yeah,
3: she's not un- unattractive, and I-, I would argue, much like Julia Louis she, Dreyfus, she's she's gotten m- more attractive yeah, with age. Yeah. Like the young her name version,
2: Jan, Jan Levinson. Jan,
1: that's right, Jan. Jan.
3: Yeah, she the the young version doesn't hold a candle to the older version.
2: Oh, no, All right. So oh. she was she was nineteen. Eighteen, nineteen, when this movie was filmed. And when so when she does get out and they have some
0: kind of a, um, I'm not sure what she was doing, being uh, seductive or something on the way up the steps, didn't, let, didn't she get her first admonishment from her dad who said, quote, I want you to stay away yeah. from him? That's stay right. away That's from right. him.
3: Which I always assumed was implied when it came to um, white guys from Boston and their daughters and black guys. Yeah. Right. Like I know that's a that's a racist town that's just right racist. it's well known it's it's well known to be a racist town uh okay so then we 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 start we But that
1: g- also sets up that the best friend is into her
3: that's right they're they're yes. they're both feeling her, but mark has a little leg up because of his you know ethnicity
1: right but his buddy doesn't know that.
3: He doesn't realize that he doesn't that. get that. Also, nobody nobody seems to notice that he looks nothing like a black guy. He looks like a white guy <laughs> with a crazy clown wig on and paint all over his face. <laughs> And no he's one hit the really, tanning
1: salon a little hard. It's
3: it's like the precursor to white chicks, but like times a thousand. Like I just, right. it's just so shocking to me. Every scene that no one goes, hey, hold on a second, what the fuck is going on with this guy?
1: <laughs> well, actually, Sarah, when she first meets him, says there's something a little strange about. That's you. true.
3: That, that yeah, that does happen. Uh, so yeah, then he goes, he's he experiences his first racism with the, the mixer the, with the landlord, and then he heads to the mixer because apparently colleges have cocktail parties for brand new students and he <laughs> yeah, goes it's there a and welcome party and that the one guy that I don't know what he's I, one
2: one guy is the one of the head writers the Larry Sanders That's guy. where
3: I that's where I know him from but he's one of those guys that's always that's always in stuff you recognize him from everything yeah. and that that yeah that's that's his uh, main role is the guy that was the writer Wallace on,
2: something. on Larry
3: Sanders, and his his whole thing is to just keep popping up and telling racist jokes accidentally in front of a black guy. Apparently, his buddy. apparently this he is- he doesn't know the universal move to l- look around before you tell one of those jokes.
0: <laughs> and and you yeah. have to—they uh, are the most rudimentary black jokes. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, the, they're the most so terrible. The yeah. yeah. racist yeah. Stuff, you can come up with.
2: Harvard, the, write- no. the, screen, the screenwriter had a copy of the book Truly Tasteless Jokes and just wanted to unload as many as he could or she could in the first few minutes. Yeah. Like, they're just just one-liners, like cheesy one-liners.
3: So he, um, he, he is subjected to a little more racism there, but then they split up to Scope Chicks. Him and Gordon are going to go slay it just like they did at UCLA, and Mark meets for the first time Ray Don Chong... Oh, yeah. Playing, what was the name of her character? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah.
0: Watkins or something. Sarah right? Watkins. Sarah, or Sarah something W. Um, Walker.
3: Walker. Sarah Walker. They Walker. meet. He is instantly smitten. He, she invites him to some um, black students. Let's, let's,
2: let's get a timeout here. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen Tommy Chong.
3: That's, that's true. He's not black.
2: We we've got to get. I I gotta think her mom is very talented because yes. yeah, the looks department. Tommy Chang, I, that beard is not covering up uh, Fabio. No, he's no, yeah, no. He's not a. I mean,
3: he's not I'm, a face I'm man. A
2: fan of. I, I, Radon Chang was a good-looking woman. Yeah, she's man. attractive. And Tommy Chang, I, I got to think he was contributing maybe 2 or 3% of those looks. <laughs>
3: I, I, I agree. She, she's way too good looking for a guy in clown makeup like that. Also, do you, now he's encountered his first black person. And he's interested in her. Do, 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 were you guys expecting at this point for her to be like, "Hey, um, you, what's up with you? Like, I'm I'm black, and like <laughs> yes. I'm looking at you, and you're like, like, I don't recognize my own here. Like, you are not." Our fucking first black.
1: question would have been like, "What's your ethnicity?"
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, where are you from? What part of India are you from? Because <laughs> yeah. you, like you Pakistan. Sat-
1: first Iranian? question. Yeah, are you
3: are you Bangladeshi? Do you, are you, do, you
1: speak, do you speak English? Are you here
3: on a on a scholarship? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he doesn't
2: look black
3: it, he meets her for two seconds and yeah, she's attractive, but she's clearly not into him at all. Not even kind of, she's
1: not into anyone. She yeah. is like grumpy. Yeah. Biatch. She's
3: pretty much frigid. And what's he do? He runs back and sees Gordon and he goes, I'm in love immediately.
0: Yes. Oh God,
3: is she
1: beautiful? You got to believe
3: me. Uh, okay. So then he's, so we've established that he's at college and what happens next?
1: I think he gets he, scouted. He's into got base he, basketball. No, game, right? no, no, not
3: no, no, quite. No,
2: no. He goes uh, enroll for class. He goes choice. to
3: his. He goes to his first class.
1: His only class.
3: His on, uh, all. <laughs> great point there, Kate. The guy, the, the the whole semester, he only goes to one class. Like this is
1: like Little
2: House on the Prairie. They <laughs> just went to one school. House I feel like James Bill Jones,
1: Jones. If he found out you had another class. He's, would give you a talk yes, in that it, voice. I mean, it's the
3: easiest load in the world. Like Harvard <laughs> Law is fucking simple. You only have to I go know. to one class per semester. Did you ever
1: establish what that class was?
3: Criminal law. Oh,
1: it was criminal law. Yes. And
0: and and he 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 wasn't in initially going to take that class, but he noticed
2: that a black guy that's was right. teaching it, so he that's assumed right. it was going to be an oh, easy. Oh right, rub. that's why so, he picked it. Even though he was a, a, an incredible student to get to Harvard, yeah, of course. At this point, he's like, "All right, I'm just taking the easy." It. I've already yeah. I've already compromised my race. I'm just gonna take whatever can get me the easiest grades. I, like and I think
3: he I think he even said he's like, I think I'm taking criminal law because it's being taught by a brother or like something yeah, super yeah. like jarringly yeah. racist. Totally. Yeah. Um so yeah, and then he has then he has he goes to class, and this is nineteen eighty-six. The teacher of the class is none other than Darth Vader himself, James. The- Earl Jones, the voice, the iconic actor.
2: And we should point out now in that classroom scene and in every classroom scene, and this is maybe just an eighties thing. There are a lot of 38 year old people in these. (laughs) There's one
1: man who's like 55. Yes. There are a
2: lot of just older people in these classes.
3: In the row in front of Mark to the lower left, there's like a 57 year old dude. No one is (laughs) of, of appropriate age in the entire class. Also, everyone's real overdressed like it's it's like it's um prep school it's like it's uh dead poet society like everybody has a blazer on and a tie like it's college Why, why is everyone so dressed up